Hi everybody, it's your host Samantha and we're back with another episode that you don't want to miss on the Deeper Than Tech podcast where we talk about how to grow your career in an industry that was not designed with us in mind. We'll be diving deep into this topic but before we do, if you're loving this podcast so far, make sure you head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. Okay, so everywhere I've been hearing this thing called Web3. Why is it so important to use Web3 right now? Yeah, so I mean, everyone has their own definition of Web3, but usually the simplified version is that it's the third phase of the evolution of the internet. And, you know, that term originally was coined by Gavin Wood, who's the co-founder of Ethereum. And this term was coined in, uh, I believe, 2014. So it's been around for a while. It wasn't until like 2021, 2020 that, you know, NFTs and all that stuff came in. But to kind of step back to describe it, you know, Web 1 was kind of like the first phase of the internet. So that was in the early 90s from 1990 to 2004. And in that phase of the internet, it was mostly information, right? Let's People call it read. read. So if you're in the tech world, it's kind of read. You read information, basically adding files, information to the internet. So it was static nothing fun, nothing exciting. It was like, hey, this new thing, we can find information on here and get info. And then we're moving to Web 2.0, Web 2, and that was basically read and write. So basically, we're not only just reading what's there, but we can contribute to what's being on it. So blogs, social media, like it was more interactive than the Web 1 version. And then here now we have Web 3, which is being developed, I would say, from 2020 to whenever kind of forms and completion. And so in this age, we look at this type of internet as something that's going to be decentralized. And I say going to because it's still built out and it's dependent on ownership, right? So in a technical world, we say read, write, own. That's what the stages are. But to simplify it, Web 1 was more about the information technology where information is readily available. Like I can go and read the news online. Like how exciting. Web 2 is kind of like, okay, I can not only read and write, but I can like contribute to the information that people are using. So basically the creator economy, it's called the platform economy was Web 2. Big organizations like Facebook, Twitter, like those are the huge platforms that we now kind of like share data, information, and content. And now with Web3, it's like, okay, this is now the ownership economy. It's like, how much do I really own of what I'm putting out there, right? Or how much are these companies allowing me to own? And so there are different things that, you know, Web3 solves for. And then they're also like obviously pros and cons. But to simply put it, it's like the third generation of internet that's built on blockchain technology, which internally it's also being decentralized. And those are a lot of big words, you know, but simply put, I hope that kind of makes sense of like, that's what Web3 is in a sense. So why would me as a developer want to like hop on this bandwagon? Is Web 3.0 here to stay or is it like a phase of the internet? That's a good question. I think, you know, in 2021, like it was everyone's talking about Web three, like everybody in their mom. Now we've moved on to open AI and all that kind of stuff. But I think it depends on your career goals. I believe that, you know, it's good to learn what's currently happening. But I think there's also this, you know, this it's called shiny object syndrome, where it's like we always want to go to the next thing that's happening. And it's like, okay, that's not necessarily the case. I think as a either developer or someone in tech, it's good to be informed about the new things that are happening and how it might impact what you do and the skills that you have. For me personally, I was intrigued by this because of 
cryptocurrency, right? And as a Nigerian American immigrant and someone who grew up in a different country of like looking at how money flows through different places, cryptocurrency kind of caught my attention because, you know, when I was younger and my family wanted to send money back home to Nigeria, it's like there's an exchange rate of like, okay, here it's a dollar, like one dollar is X amount in Naira. That's the form for money in Nigeria. And so with Bitcoin or cryptocurrency, you know, it's like one Bitcoin here in America is one Bitcoin in Nigeria, right? Like, or in Asia or wherever it is. And so I was like, okay, wow, like, what if there is a way in the internet where we can send money and it's not owned by one entity in a sense? So that's the decentralized kind of thing. And it also has the same value. Obviously, right now, it's fluctuating. It's up and down. It's up and down. It's up and down. But for me, it opened my mind to are they ways that we can do things differently and why we always done it the same way like why is it that through social media it's like I don't own my content like right now everything you and I have posted on Facebook Instagram Twitter they own it they can use it as an ad and I can't see anything but we don't read the terms of the agreement even the data so it's like okay we've kind of like submitted ourselves to this big companies because they've provided us with convenience and human connection but it's like is there a way that i can connect with people send money without sacrificing my data my user info and so it's like allowed me as a technologist and a developer to start thinking about like other ways to improve how we as humans connect through technology without sacrificing our privacy and our data and so there's so much to impact on that but basically i'm like okay if i was to build something or wanted to have impact through technology these are some ways that i feel like i I would want to do it. So for me, that works for me. So somebody else like, I don't really care about this. You know, all I want to do is maybe solve climate change or another problem. So I think number one, be informed of what's, you know, being developed and in the sense of what's new in tech, but think about it from a perspective of like, okay, what kind of impact do I want to have in the world? And this, this technology allows me to do that. And so that can be even through your career, what you're building, personally, the kind of change that you want to see in the world through tech. So you mentioned that like cryptocurrency, NFTs, there's owning your own data. There's so much there. Like, how can I start learning about the Web 3.0 space? Any resources that you can recommend? Yeah. So, I mean, there are a lot. I would say as a podcaster, I I sure imagine, like, I listen to a lot of podcasts. And so I would say start there because a con to, like, Web 3, you know, because I think there's pros and cons, like, it's kind of like, it's hard to get onboarded, right? Because people are really trying to, like, what is actually this? Like, is Web 3 somewhere else? Is that a different internet? Is it the same internet I'm using? So I would say there are a few podcasts. I listen to the Bankless podcast. I'm also, it's called, there's a podcast called NFT Now. And there's a ton of blogs. And for me, I think the biggest thing that has helped me is joining communities that focus on education, Web3, and most of them are for women. And so Surge or SheFi is another great community to join. But honestly, right now, there's a lot of info on YouTube. Like, I think that was the biggest way I was like, okay, let me just go search. You know, what is a smart contract? What is Web3? And then from there, where when I was able to gather my own information, like, okay, how do I want to use this? In what ways can this be impactful? Not only to my career, but for those around me. And so I would say just start there. I think it's important, the community aspect first, before diving into the technology, all that kind of stuff, because you want a safe space where you can ask questions, right? Where you can say like, hey, I heard about this on Twitter or wherever or in a podcast. What do you all think about this? I'm new to this. And that's what really helped me. Another community I'm part of called Black At, which is a community for founders, entrepreneurs, technologists to learn more about Web3 community. And it's token-gated, meaning that you need an NFT to be part of it. It's interesting because I was like, huh, like it's gated not in a sense of we're excluding people, but we want to make sure that 
the people who we have in this community are intentional, right? Because it's like any of us can start a group chat or, you know, a sub stack. And it's like people just join and they're not really interacting. They're not really doing anything. They're just there, which is fine. But within the Web3 world, there's a lot of token data communities, meaning that people have bought into this community, want to support it, want to learn from each other. And, and they're ones without, you don't have to buy a token or anything. You can just literally jump on their Discord, Telegram group, and start learning. So I would say start there first and then just dive into the podcast and the YouTubes and things like that. Those are a lot of resources. I know. It's a lot. <laughs> what it's, it's a lot. I know. And I didn't even spill all of them. You know, newsletters are another way. It depends on how you learn. Because like I just said a bunch of things that some people are like, okay, I don't do YouTube. I'm not a visual learner. I'm an auditory learner. Some people are like, oh, I, it has to be visual. I need to see who's talking. And there's a YouTube channel called, I think, kind of like whiteboard paper or something like that, where the guy actually illustrates a lot of the technical points within like Web3 and tech, which I think is really helpful for visual learners. Know how you learn first and then figure out, like, okay, I need to watch YouTube videos or I need to listen to podcasts or no, I need to read. Or it's like, no, I need to learn with somebody. I need to learn the community and that's why I launched women of color in emerging tech because I just feel like some people just want to feel like there are other people like them who want to learn about this and they're not alone they're not crazy you know it's like I have a support system while learning and that works so find what works for you and then dive into those tools that are available to you to help you learn that's awesome that you create this community, people to feel included. But I'm still scared of Web 3.0. As you know, like Bitcoin was like way up high and then it came like down low. So for somebody who is kind of still on the fence of Web 3.0, is there any advice for like why they should join this community? Yeah, I would say, you know, whatever you learn can be taken away from you. And so, like I said, when jumping into all this, it's like an immersion, right? You can feel overwhelmed, which is, I felt like, well, I'm like, what is going on? How is this all connected? Give yourself time to learn because some things you can't learn overnight, especially when it comes to this. And, you know, a lot of people jumped into Web3 because of crypto investing. I just wanted to learn how the technology worked in terms of like accessibility and long-term sustainability, right? Which are all things that are still in the works and there are issues with that. We know it's not perfect. But I would say if figure out like, okay, do you want to learn how to invest in Bitcoin? Am I interested about building, you know, apps on, you know, certain blockchains, you know, which is Ethereum, which a lot of developers are using smart contracts and learning solidity to do that. And so, and that's why I said the community aspect is very important because like, you just want to make sure you know what you're getting into. There's some people who like bought thousands of dollars in Bitcoin because they saw that Kim K was, you know, advertising something or random celebrities. Please don't ever follow celebrities, at least right now, because usually they're not fully informed. This is such a new space. Like, it's evolving. Like, we don't really know so much. And that's why I said, like, Web3, you know, we're still in the beginning of things. And so, which can be a pro, because it means that you can have a way to have impact and build something that hasn't been built before or built on Web1, 2, and 3. But at the same time, I would say, you know, find a community that you can learn with. If it comes to, like, investing, and because you just want to learn, like, put $5 and buy five dollars worth of bitcoin and see what happens like start small and know obviously there are risks involved but if you're a complete newbie i wouldn't say just go all in obviously this is not financial advice for both of us but go through the process of like okay if i set up you know a crypto wallet what does that look like oh, okay cool how do i buy an nft okay cool like start small 
like don't just dive in it you know even if you have a ton of money like okay I'm going to put a ten dollars or I'm going to support this project and that's what I did I started slowly and I'm like oh, okay this is interesting or this is something that can be improved on and yes a lot of people are pointing fingers at like things are not working I'm like yeah that's an opportunity area for us to grow and develop this and go like if you give yourself time you know learning community if possible and start small taking small steps that it's going to feel less overwhelming because after each step you can be like okay that wasn't that bad and you can come back to revisit it and kind of build your own learning journey how can businesses take advantage of web3 technology yeah so I mean there are a lot of different ways you know I think that as we have seen companies like Nike, Adidas, even now with MasterCard, Visa, having their own crypto platform. I think it depends on the goals that the company have. The biggest thing that I've seen that has really helped is really having that like deep interaction with your customer base for your community. Web3, there's a lot of emphasis on community building where it's not just like, oh, we tell you what we're going to do as a company and you all abide with it, right? It's decentralized or should be decentralized. So the community has a voice. So we've seen with the launch of certain brands with their NFTs, whether that's, you know, with Nike, I think they've done a phenomenal job in how they incorporate learning from their communities. But it's also that part of ownership of like, okay, I own this NFT from Nike and therefore like I'm part of this community or therefore the value keeps increasing and I have the sense of, oh, I own this thing, right? And then recently launched your NFT and the community was like, this is not it, the price point. And so now they, I think they tweeted like, okay, we've heard the community, we're not going to do this. So it's kind of, you really want to be in tune with the voice of your customers, community members. I think Web3 is a great way to do it because it's not just doing things like you've always done, where it's like, we're going to do this. And if it doesn't, if you don't like it, that's on you. But it's like, no, like people are going to talk about it. They're going to say like, hey, this is great. Right, this has been great. And so I feel like that's a competitive advantage to have an engaged community of people who will champion your projects or your products versus just kind of like hoping that, you know, customers are listening and whatnot. And one thing I've noticed in Web3 is that when people love your product, whether it's, you know, NFT related or just general, like they go up about it. They advertise it, they become ambassadors, they become fans, not just customers, like free marketing. And so that's another way you can benefit from that as a business. And also be on cutting edge. I think whatever business is trying new technologies in, the, in a way that it's maintainable to risk, then you are on top of your competitors because once things are have changed completely or when, once Web3 is fully developed, you want to advance because you understand how it works. You've taken the risk little by little to understand it and you're not starting from the bottom in a sense. And so I think that always leveraging uh, emerging tech to some level in your business, even though it's like we're in the research phase, right? Or we're trying out some more experiments. It's better than nothing at all. Yeah. One company I think that's not taking advantage of this emerging tech is Twitter. Because as we hear, there's a new app that's coming out can we call it an app? I don't know because I don't know much about this, but it's called Mastodome. Is that how you say it? Why are people going towards this, I guess, application? I mean, the whole Twitter thing, not going to be a different episode, but, <laughs> you know, I think I know that Mastodome was created, I think, back in 20, I think 16, but it wasn't born yesterday, right? It's not something totally new, but over this spam of, over this, like, of 2022 in the fall with all the craziness that happened with the buyout and all that stuff people just felt like they were being censored and they didn't like the change of leadership and everything they feared was actually let's be honest true 
<laughs> and you know that platform is decentralized so basically it's open source not one person owns it it's built up different servers so you can go in to the server that you want to participate in like you know tech community or fashion and there have been problems to be honest I haven't been on the platform and so it's not perfect because they weren't really built for a mass adoption I think they went from like a couple thousand to like two million monthly mm-hmm. people after the wow. so it's like things were shutting down they're like oh my gosh overload and so they had to figure out that because all of a sudden people wanted somewhere else to go and that's another point I think now especially where we're in 2023 it's a great time for developers or even companies to think about okay we've had this social networks for a long time yes they've solved some problems but a lot of problems has also evolved during the past 10 or plus years as there a way for us to solve that problem and create new products and so because of everything that happened with Twitter other people building Twitter competitors in a sense where people can feel like okay we can't talk we're not going to be censored built that's left right whatever political spectrum you're on and to say like yeah i think the world has changed a lot and the platforms that we use should also evolve with it and so i haven't used that platform but i know a lot of people feel like it's much better in a sense where they just get to join a certain topic and i do feel like to some degree it could feel like an echo chamber because sometimes if you are just always talking to people that already believe the same thing that you believe or already adhering to things that you can hear then you normally learn from others but then again I feel like people want to have boundaries of like I don't want to hear toxic things or things that really triggers me or things that are not really healthy for me and so the biggest thing is that it's decentralized it's a bunch of different servers and you can you know join whichever server that you want and yes it's not perfect I think a lot of things are still kind of like wrinkled out but a lot of people didn't move over to that platform which was actually surprising to me but it just shows that it's time for a new platform especially when it comes to social media I definitely agree with you on that I mean I'm still going to use Facebook and Twitter but <laughs> until then what are some like security concerns with using Web3? Yeah, so I think blockchain technology, you know, there are a few things. Blockchain technology is basically a distributed immutable database that keeps track of records, right? That's, I'm trying to make it in a way where it's understandable. So with blockchain technology, there's not really security in that because it's pretty secure, but it's the application of it, right? We've heard a lot about all the crypto scammers and all those things. And so a lot of even the exchange that people buy, sell crypto, they're not really Web3 because they're not really decentralized. So people are able to hack your, let's say your wallet, your accounts or things like that, but they're not hacking the blockchain itself. And so I think security issues are just, for me, honestly, right now, we just education. A lot of people are still not educated on how to protect just the basic things online. And so people will click a link. You know, like sometimes on Twitter, people are like, oh, I can't get into my MetaMask, you know, wallet, maybe where they secure, put their crypto. And there's links that, oh, call MetaMask support, click this link. And MetaMask doesn't have a support. It's decentralized. There's no one you can call. And that's also a risk factor. The theme in Web2 that we love that decentralization really helps for is that, you know, tomorrow if I use my credit card and, you know, let's say someone else, if let's say it got stolen, I can call my bank and say like, hey, shut it up, refund me or whatever it is. There are laws and regulations around that. But in crypto, there's really no way you can call. Like you can't call the cops or whoever. It's like, 
it's at your own risk, you know, because it's centralized. And with the centralization, you have to take that self-governance or ownership on yourself. Also, like I said, the scary part because like, okay, if you're not really educated in how to be secure, first of all, on the internet, not clicking random wings, then you're open to being scammed easily. And even people who have been in Web2 or even Web3 for a while have been scammed in that way. And so I think people being educated about the best practices of how to secure themselves, their wallet, their accounts, um, because we've had issues in the past where, you know, someone who is influential in Web3, their account gets hacked and so like, hey, I'm launching an NFT project, click on this thing right now. And people are like, oh my gosh, yeah, like I want to be the first one, you know, I know, and they click on it and it drains your wallet because they connect their wallet. So it's just kind of like, y'all don't be clicking random links, double, triple check things. And I go back to the community. Sometimes I'm like, hey, have you guys heard about this project from, you know, whatever? And like, no, that seems odd. Or like, I don't think they're doing anything. And so having other people to help cross check things are is needed. And then I know that, you know, obviously people are talking about regulations and like, okay, how is crypto going to be regulated? How are people going to be held accountable? So those are like some things that are being um, thought of or things that are not perfected yet. Um, but like, so when it comes to actual blockchain itself, the technology is pretty secure. Awesome. That, that You have so much information about Web 3.0. Yeah. So like I said, it takes time. <laughs> like I started in 2020 and so I'm like, give yourself time. And the more, and it's changing, like even now, so many things. And so it's like, I would, like I said, take your time, learn beats by bits, um, but don't be afraid to learn new things because what you learn can't be taken away from you. It's your own intelligence, right? And you get to share with other people as you go. So, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge. Thank y'all for listening. Until next time. Bye.